starve your doubts, right? Like, yeah. So I, I would Ooh. say I love the term because it's so serious, but most people don't achieve what they set out to because they doubt themselves. If you doubt yourself before you get into action, you don't have a chance, right? So I think Magic Johnson is credited with saying you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jared. I'm one of the co-hosts. And joining me today is the long-lost Kamanzi Constable. Kamanzi, you and I haven't done a podcast episode just a, a few days. Actually, it's been a long time, but we're really excited to have you back on the show. And welcome back and hope all things are good. Yeah, thanks for having me. We did one in like Disney Springs in person. That's true. That might be uh, that was like That was right before COVID. Yeah, that was pre-pandemic. That's yeah. Right. yeah so Which is it. wild. But... I was laughing because the other day I was thinking about how we did all these episodes and you always used to be like, it's the official cause. Come on, Zikaz. I'm like, I think after the first few episodes, they know. So I think it's funny. Well, in full transparency, Kamazi reached out to me and he's like, hey, you got to hear about this guy, Freddie Taylor. Told me about Freddie Taylor. And I'm like, would, would Freddie find it in his heart to be on the podcast? And he's like, I don't know. You know, he's pretty, he's pretty up there. He's pretty far up the mountain. But Freddie has decided to uh, be gracious and join us today. Freddie, just a little bit about him. He is an entrepreneur. He's a speaker. He's a history enthusiast, philanthropist, and the founder of Urban Intellectuals. We're going to get into a number of these things so we can explain them further. So I'm excited about that. But first of all, Freddie, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Excellent. And one of the fun things we like to do is start with a couple icebreaker questions. And um, the first one is, Maybe a little bit random, but uh, let's give it a try. So, Freddie, what is the best concert or performance that you've been to? Man, that's great. So last year, yeah, last year I went to the Bruno Mars concert. We were there on July the 3rd, 2021, which was my 20th wedding anniversary. So that was my wife and I, I surprised to ourselves, right? If you can surprise yourself, right? We took ourselves to Vegas. That was like one of our first trips since the pandemic. And that concert was literally amazing. My wife was in there crying, like, like we love Bruno Mars. So I would definitely say that was, that's the most memorable concert that I've been to. He really puts on a great show. And I am a tremendous fan of Sade and I've seen her live and that was amazing as well. So the goal to jump above Sade was pretty big. That was pretty Wow. Big. Yeah. So, okay. And, and those are both great shows. I've not been to see either, but I'd love to. And I think Kamanzi likes to refer to himself as a smooth operator. Is that true, Kamanzi? No. Uh, generally, yes. <laughs> but I don't feel so now that I don't have my good microphone. So, oh, okay. Well, we we can fix that for the next episode. Yeah, Freddie will forgive you. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Freddie, how was Bruno live? Because you know, sometimes artists on the tapes, on the mm -hmm. on hearing them, and then hearing them live is different. How was that experience? Yeah, oh no, he he lived up to the bill. It it was it was absolutely amazing. Even make the story even better, right? We purchased, of course, the nosebleed seats, right? Like we're just trying to be in the building. It was thousand know, dollars <laughs> a ticket. It was crazy, right? Like opening night for the nosebleed. And I, I, get a, I get a call. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I get a call from a friend of mine, and he's like, "She's like, you're at the concert." I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Well." My cousin works in the, is in the band. So, you know, I can go to wheel call. I can get you better seats. Man, we go down to wheel call. We, they say our name, give us the tickets. And I'm looking at the number 
you know, you hand it to the guy at the door, he usher you down, and he just kept walking towards the stage. I'm like, oh my God. We were, we were literally fifth row center opening night, go. Bruno in Vegas. That's how you do it. put on a show. Yeah. Wow. The singing, the dancing, the performance of it all, it was, it's a must-see concert. And then at the end, they brought out, uh, come on, who's in Silk Sonic winning? Anderson Pack came out. Go. I just it tore the whole place. It was amazing. I I oh man, I really want to go back. I gotta go do it. Again. Nosebleeds to fifth row. That's that sounds like the way to do it. Yes, yes. I need more I need more cousins. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar experience, Freddie, but with Taylor Swift. I was at the Taylor Swift concert. I had no connections. I paid the fifteen hundred dollars to be in the front. Ooh. And when she came out, it was <laughs> two 15-year-old girls sitting on either side of me. I was crying louder than they were. <laughs> I love it. I love True story. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not the first time that's t- been talked about on a podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Freddie, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question, Freddie. Would you rather have an invisible suit to dance in front of your neighbor's houses, or would you rather have played football for Coach Prime? Oh, Coach Prime. Yeah, I mean, the invisible suit would have been amazing, but I mean, I grew up watching and admiring Coach Prime, man. That is, that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. I played D back as well. I played in college. I just couldn't imagine playing for the greatest, you know, cornerback of all time and what he's doing for the HBCU community is beautiful. But man, that would be amazing to play for him. I got to, I got to go. I seen the kid do the invisible, the invisible suit dancing in front of the neighbors, which was classic, but I got to go with Coach Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Kamazi, if you've not seen that video, uh, go to Freddie's uh, Facebook page and you'll you'll enjoy that. It's it's definitely oh, worth it. Yeah. We'll close out our icebreakers here with a finish this sentence. So it'll give you the beginning of the sentence and you just complete it. And how about this? If you ever make plans to rewatch all of 24 blank. Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you really have been on my page, right? The wife and I are rewatching. <laughs> 24 and it's just an amazing show i just i'm always flabbergasted that people haven't seen it i think it's one of the best shows ever of all time so you're in for a treat uh, if you plan to sit down and watch all nine seasons of 24 it's unbelievable i, I that's really what you, you and your wife are doing all nine yes, I, yes. even the newer <laughs> yeah. ones right because they came out with some newer yeah, ones yeah, we, a few years ago yeah we're going through everything yeah, okay, yeah we want it all man I love it. I love, we love that show. I should have worn my Jack Bauer for president shirt. Man. <laughs> I'm in, currently in the process of rewatching 24, Jared. Are you? Nice. Well, as you, as you should be. Uh, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty approves. So, and, and that, that's a little redemptive after you talk about Taylor Swift and crying. And uh, so, yeah, it's nice, <laughs> to, nice, nice to have the man well, cards back on the show. And okay. Yeah, yeah, you're back. You're back. <laughs> Killer Sutherland said he wouldn't be opposed to them rebooting the series. I wouldn't either. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, man. They're re- rebooting everything else, right? So why not bring it back? That would be amazing. Yeah, And yeah, he was on so, an, another show that was like DC. What was it? It was like Survivor or something. Designated, uh, designated Survivor. Survivor. Designated Survivor. It was almost, Good show. In my mind, in my, in my mind it was almost okay. like if Jack Bauer kind of like, you know, grew up, but maybe not. <laughs> got a little more serious. It was a good show. There, Netflix yeah. picked, picked it up for one season, and I think they just are not going to do anything with it. But it was, I liked it. Right. Okay. I missed that one.
So, Freddie, why are you so passionate about Black history? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I know the importance of it was instilled in me in my from my father. That's really kind of where it all root the root comes from, right? Like raise up a child, right? So my dad always talked about the importance of history and knowing where you came from so that you can really understand the responsibility that you have moving forward, right? So many people have sacrificed and died for us to have the opportunities that we do have. So I just know that that is mission critical for us moving forward as a community, as a society. We really need to understand our history and our past so that we can create the future that we desire. So I believe that our history is, Black history is the greatest motivational story never told. And so I want to make sure that we are telling that to the youth so that they grow up with higher expectations of themselves so that they can perform better in their lives, their families, their communities, but also to better impact the world. Excellent. Uh, Freddie, when did you realize that this passion that you have for Black history could actually become a business? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good question because I really wasn't in it to create a business. I was just spreading the word because I thought it was important particularly around the social commentary that's going on. I think we have to have the entire picture, right? So I, one of my mentors is on the wall back here. I call him my mentor. I never met him. John Henry Clark, he talks about never discuss anything until you understand how it came to be. So that's why I really think that history is important. But I was dabbling around on the internet and a friend of mine convinced me to get on Facebook, right? So I get on Facebook in like 09 and I just start ranting and raving about different things. And then started building up a following. And then I learned how to monetize conversations, right? I started to learn eyeballs, right? So once I figured out how to monetize eyeballs, I figured, hey, why not apply this to Black history and culture, which is what I was just speaking about. So I just kind of stumbled into it, just making the decision to get online first. I used to own, I call them real world businesses. (laughs) So when I decided to get out of real world businesses and get online, that I naturally gravitated to this space. And then like I said, once you know how to monetize conversations, then it's on. So how was it in your early days of building this business? But what we're interested in is how you, how did you do it with a family, with small children and the responsibilities of life? Because that's not easy. Yeah, with a lot of stress, right? <laughs> um, but a, a really supportive home environment and my wife, right? Because when I first started, on the internet, obviously I wasn't making any money. So somebody had to pay the bills, right? So she was definitely team player number one, getting a corporate job and, you know, making sure the family and the kids have health insurance while I was busy building the dream. So I, that is just having a, a home that's really supportive of you and your endeavors is really like the key to it all, particularly for me. Cause I know if I would, if you can't have that stress in the home, then, you know, everything's going to fall apart. So. I just give a lot of credit to her because without her, I like to think I would have succeeded anyway, but it probably wouldn't have been as seamless, let's say. All right. So let's zoom back because you said something that I feel like is incredibly important that you do not see on the internet. Your wife had a job that covered the health insurance, provided income so you could build your business. Now, this happens a lot, but you do not see it talked about in the internet marketing space because that's not sexy. Yes. Nope. Yeah, it's not. Well, actually, it is, though, right? It is, though. It is, is though, yes. (laughs) It is sexy, right? But, you know, I guess when you're portraying a particular lifestyle, I'm not that type of internet marketer, right? So I like to get serious about how we got here. But, yeah, she really, you know, warmed up and, and like, made it happen and held down the bills and all of that good stuff. And I was being a good parent, 
uh, you know, getting the kids to the bus stop, getting them ready in the morning and, you know, attending the PTA meetings and all of that good stuff while I was building the dream at night and during the day. But yeah, she was really the bedrock of it all because, you know, if I got to go get a nine to five, then maybe we're not here talking today, right? Maybe I'm just the guy working, handling the bills and, and getting things done. But thanks to her, I really got a chance to leap off of that platform that she secured for me. Uh, yeah, so I'm I glad she provided that, uh, gave you that option to be able to move forward with this. Let's talk about your, your team. So how did you build your dream business with a small team? Yeah. Man, I like to say I've stumbled and failed all the way here, right? But that's that's kind of like the key to success, right? Is really enduring, going from failure to failure with the same enthusiasm. I forgot who said that, but I love that quote. But we got here because it's weird because I didn't want to build a team, right? I was anti-corporate America. I, I've had like two jobs in my life, like never. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the working guy. I'm like my entrepreneur through and through through my core. Right? I had a job in high school. And I had a job in college, but I still didn't want to build a company. It's funny because inside my mastermind, we were just talking about this, having this conversation. How did you get there to build a team? Because I was, everyone knows I didn't want to build a company, right? I just wanted to be a couple of guys with some laptops traveling the world, you know, talking about social justice issues and spreading black history and joy all over the planet, right? And then one day I was in Vancouver actually, uh, with them on a meeting and one of my, my mentor really, he really laid into me is like, man, you know, if you really want to build this dream, you're going to have to start building a team out. So from that conversation in 2020, believe it or not, is when we started to get serious about growing our team. And I uh, just started with, you know, hiring a couple of VAs, starting that route and building a couple of systems and then having more, a little bit more success and saying, okay, that's when we added uh, the Sankofa Club. Kamanzi, I know we talked about it a little bit, but then really needing someone to have an eye on that ball forced me to bring in Tamiko Cohen, who's our Sankofa Club community leader, to focus on that phase of the business. And then more success leads to more ideas, more opportunities. So we've just slowly been adding people one by one, uh, kind of building out this machine Man, I really can't believe I'm here, right? Because like y'all, if you just understood how anti-company I've been, then you, you'd really see how shocking it is that we're here. But I'm enjoying it. Now I'm seeing the fruits of bringing on a team and structuring it and having our, our org chart together and really visualizing what the, where the company is going. But I'm enjoying rallying the team and getting them to see the vision and getting everyone in one accord so that we can move in unity in the same direction. And it's really, it's really been a fun experience. I wish I would have started sooner, but I was reluctant. So I guess we, we go when we're ready. So for Star of the Doubts listeners, Urban Intellectuals started, from what I've read, started as a company that wanted to educate about Black history through flashcards. But then now over the years, I mean, Freddie, you started in the internet in 2003. So like very early days of the internet. Like, I don't, I don't even remember what I was doing in 2003, but I definitely wasn't on the internet. (laughs) What were you doing in 2003, Jared? (laughs) I was in the Navy. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So I was, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't doing what Freddie was doing. No. So you started the internet, you build this thing with the flashcards first. Now you have all sorts of things. You have an online education company. You're doing black history trips to Africa. Like, how does that feel? to be at this point. It really is amazing um, when you see the impact, right? Because when we're, we're day to day, we just, you know, still feel like you're playing around on the internet, right? Having fun. 
But then when we start to get the feedback from our customers, from our audience and, you know, just people really like yourself, like really appreciating what we're doing. It's like that's when you sit back and be like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess we are doing that. Right. (laughs) Like like you were like, oh, Freddie's up there. I don't really see myself as up there. I just see myself as still a gritty startup, you know, still trying to figure it out, get our feet together and really grinding uh, to to achieve this mission of changing the world. Right. Like we want to change the world one child at a time. And we're really focused and intent on that. But it's just it really is amazing sometimes to sit back and watch. But I try not to get caught up in that because there's so much more to do. We have a lot of work to do, but I enjoy it. When at time to time when I come up for air and think about it, I really do enjoy it. No, what about doubts, Freddie? Like, do you have doubts and limiting beliefs? Yeah. Yeah, they creep into all of our heads, right? But when I get into that space, <laughs> look, I got doubts and limited beliefs every time payroll come around, right? Like, it's all for the games. Everybody expects to check, right? But, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? We just doing payroll today. That's funny. But yeah, so, so I mean, sometimes they, it creeps into your head and things like that. But every time that happens, I, I tend to go back to what I call the well, right? So I go back to Napoleon Hill. I broke out Think and Grow Rich this week, right? So I'm going back through that to really solidify my burning desire and really stay focused and believe that it can happen. I, I go back to Jim Rohn. I love Jim Rohn, right? I get, I get goosebumps saying his name because, you know, I put it on my headphones and I either I go for a run or I'm working out and I'm just really just centering myself back in belief, right? Trying to eliminate those doubts so, you know, I don't continue to attract them. But they come into your head from time to time, you know, so it's just good to have some friends to talk to, some people that really support you. And I, I like to dive back into my personal development whenever that begins to happen. Kamanzi mentioned the Black History trips to Africa. And, and I was curious, what else uh, does Urban Intellectuals offer today? All right. Good question. So right now, Urban Intellectuals is focused on creating uh, historical education products and services designed to write the black community back into the pages of world history and back into the hearts and the minds of the people. But we do that through our series of flashcards. We have like 12 in our series right now. We're coming out with three additional flashcards. So there's playing card games, there's matching pairs, there's trivia games. So it's all types of variety of different flashcards. We got books, we got apparel. We have a black history club for children that we call the Sankofa Club. I mentioned it a little earlier. It teaches live black history classes taught by teachers. Then we archive them. So, and they have access to all of the classes for later. There's literally over a hundred and some courses available to our members inside of the Sankofa club. Once you, uh, you go into the archive, uh, we call that the Netflix of black history for children, right? Uh, Cause it's on demand. We have the African travel, our urban intellectuals travel ex- uh, movement where we are taking people to Africa. We're going to uh, several countries. Later this year and next year. So we're really excited about adding that feature to our lineup. We have a program called the Black Math Genius Program, where we teach mathematics and history together to inspire the children. So we have a boot camp, which is an online version of the course. And then we have a tutoring service where we are educating young, young future STEM geniuses that are going to grow up and change the world inside of the, the organization as well. And we've achieved all of this through joint ventures with some highly skilled experts in their individual areas. 
like the travel experiences and uh, the Black Math Genius Program. And then, of course, hiring out our org chart and really fulfilling the mission to change the world. So we're, we're working on it. Yeah, so just a couple of things going on. Right? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all the business stuff, Freddie, but entrepreneurship is about balance. What do you do for fun? I am a chess player. I love chess. I, it's probably like an addiction. Like, uh, so if you see me on the phone, I'm probably not scrolling Facebook. I'm probably playing the chess game. I absolutely love it. That is like a passion of mine. I dream of traveling the world to chess tournaments and playing in those. I'm not good. I'm not going to like win or anything like that. I can beat the average person. But when you get into a room full of chess players, you, you realize you get humbled really quick, right? It's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> game. <laughs> I love it. Outside of that, I love to travel. I guess that's obvious. I love beer. I'm a craft beer enthusiast. Um, nice. I am a craft beer fanatic, actually. Enthusiast probably isn't a strong enough of a term. I'm a runner. I love to run. That really gives me good joy and balance. I'm a social agitator. I love to try to make people think. Right. I still, I, I say it's, it's not illegal yet, good people. So we better start thinking uh, mm. before it happens. So. I think those are, oh, I'm a reader. What else do I do? I love Skip and Shannon. I watch uh, Skip and Shannon each morning. Not each morning, but some mornings. Catch a little bit of that. Yeah, that's about it. I love hanging out with my friends, you know, laughing. I, I mentioned to Jared that I, I think I'm a comedian, so I'm always trying to tell a joke. So not like it's not, not, not a Red Fox one-line punchline joke. But I, I like <laughs> working in the conversations. Right? As you should. And apparently 24 is is somewhere in the mix, too. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love a good show. I definitely love a good show. Good. Yeah, that's true. I know you have uh, so much that you're focused on now. Are you even uh, considering uh, what's next uh, and what would that be? Yeah, we are actually kind of working on it, right? So these teachers that we hire inside of our Sankofa Club, we call them world changers. Obviously, they have expertise in a lot of different areas. And then also inside of the Black Math Genius Program, we're partnered with a former principal and teacher, Sada Moore inside of that program. And we have a bunch of teachers hired as our tutors inside of there. So we're secretly letting it out, building a school, right? So we are going to, oh, wow. what's next is an online educational platform school for children, right? I remember my children, one of my children went to an online school years ago. They're 18 and 22 now. And uh, that kind of sparked the interest in my mind. But yeah, I want to build a global institution that has teachers from around the world, either teaching the language that they're in or the the skill of mathematics, but I want children to see the globe and to interact with it and then to have an opportunity to be educated by it so that they're not afraid of it later when they become adults, right? They can move into the world and work hand in hand with people from everywhere, right? So uh, just just a little bit of an idea that I'm uh, we're kind of secretly working on and behind the scenes. Who's doing something interesting? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Coach Prime. But he he, What he's doing for the HBCUs is really interesting to me. I just like how he's breathing life back into those schools. And I love it for the athletes, of course, but I really love it for the students, right? Because athletics brings so much money to these institutions. It's unbelievable, right? So with the eyeballs going to Jackson State and other HBCUs, the money's going to follow and that money's going to improve the facilities. It's going to create better pay for the teachers, which is going to create better 
learning opportunities for the children, for the future, better networking opportunities, more connections, more opportunities. I just I love what he is single handedly, not single handedly, but what he is doing right to respark the interest in HBCUs and the underfunding that's going on in the area. So I just I love what Coach Prime is doing. I, I am a massive fan of what he's doing because I like solutions. Right. I don't. I love to agitate and talk about it a little bit, but we don't need more people talking, right? We need more people in action mode, getting things done. So I really appreciate what he's doing because he could just, you know, sit on his farm and his acres and, you know, live life and just be rich and, you know, do whatever he want to do. But he's waking up every morning, coming down to Jackson State and really trying to make a difference for the community around it uh, and HBCUs in general. So hats off to Coach Prime. I just love what he's doing. Yeah. And he's winning, obviously. So that, and, that, and he's winning. winning. <laughs> <laughs> he's winning. Yeah, yeah, he, he's winning. I love and it. he's he's recruiting well. He's doing he's doing everything right. So yeah, that's that's outstanding to see what he's up to. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna start to wrap up here, Freddie. Uh, just uh, two more questions, and one is uh, for people that are listening and and they're saying, "Hey, I need to pay attention to what's what Freddie has going on." Uh, what's the best place for listeners to connect with you online? Uh, yeah, you can check us out at urbanintellectuals.com. That'll get you to the universe of offerings that we have. You can uh, see us on social media on any of those platforms. And if you ever shoot an email to info at urbanintellectuals.com, you can either get to, you can somehow get to me, right? Eventually, you're going to probably get to my handler. That's what I call uh, Tamiko Cohen. He kind of runs my schedule. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, excuse us. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because you you build a company and you become a little bit of an interest to people, and then uh, you know folks start to handle you. You right, you have to, they have to move you around. So I appreciate, but I appreciate mm-hmm. her one thousand percent. We wouldn't be here without her and the rest of the team. They do a great job. And Freddie, do you have any final thoughts for the Starve the Doubts listeners? Starve your doubts, right? Like, yeah. So I, I would Ooh. say <laughs> I would. I, I love the term because it's so serious. But most people. Don't achieve what they set out to because they doubt themselves. If you doubt yourself before you get into action, you don't have a chance, right? So I think Magic Johnson is credited with saying you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So doubt really, really is forcing you to put the ball down and not take your shot, right? So I really want to encourage people to take their shot, to get into action, do it poorly so that you can eventually do it well, right? I mentioned that I've stumbled all the way here. I promise I will continue to stumble till we open that school and do many, many more things, but it's all because we starved our, I'm trying to starve my doubts and stay in action mode and get things done. Wow. Freddie, uh, we really uh, are excited for you and for your success. Congratulations again. And uh, just thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. And uh, Kamazi, thank you for uh, sitting in on this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Thanks for having me back. Starve the doubts, listeners. Maybe the OG ones remember the days that Jared and I <laughs> tore up these uh, hey, yeah, podcasting yeah. streets. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it again. And uh, hopefully when Freddie gets the school launch, maybe we can have him back and he can catch us up. I love it. Definitely. Hold me to it. Sound good. All right, Freddie, we appreciate your time and I uh, wish you the absolute best. Thank you. Thanks, Freddie. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm.